In every coffee shop, library, co-working space, there are ascenders working tirelessly to achieve greatness in their chosen field. Entrepreneurs, authors, musicians, speakers, all soaring towards their definition of success. You haven't seen their names in magazines or history books yet. I'm James Darty, and this is The Ascenders. Silvestri is a man on a mission to change minds. During a period of drinking and partying almost every night, Dana had a few wake-up moments that made him want to change and work to impact lives. He's doing this through a mastermind program. Now, I've been part of a couple mastermind programs before, and they've honestly helped so much. So if you've ever wondered what it's like to be in a mastermind or what it's like to look for masterminds, definitely listen to this episode. Dana himself has been in masterminds run by Tony Robbins, Bob Proctor. So the man knows his masterminds. Here's my talk with Dana. Yeah. So uh, I grew up in a town called Wakefield. It's 20 minutes north of Boston. Um, are you from, you're from uh, Florida, I'm assuming? Uh, from Virginia, originally. Oh. oh. Yeah. Because you said, okay. Yeah. So it's 20 minutes north of Boston. And, um, you know, I grew up in a good family. I had good parents. I was the middle kid. I had a younger sister and older brother. Um, one thing about my sister was that she was born deaf, so she couldn't hear at all. Um, she ended up getting um, two cochlear surgeries on both sides of her head. And now she's like graduating college right now. And I'm only saying this because like I've seen the path that she's gone and that it inspires me personally because I have my hearing and, and you know I don't have the disability to be like, okay, you know, if, if my sister can do this, like what can I do or what can other people do? Like so much that they don't realize. So that's the only reason I mentioned that. But um, so I was a middle child. I uh, grew up there. I um, growing up, I was super shy, and like my parents would introduce me to people, and I remember this. I don't know how, because it must have been an emotional experience. I would like hide behind my parents when they're like, "Hey, Dana, meet whoever." I would mm-hmm. hide behind it to like get rid of the person. Um, I wouldn't look at people in the eyes. I was super quiet, and I remember. I don't, I don't know why I was this way. I just thought it. That's how it was. Maybe it could have been because I had a little brother that was kind of like taking the attention from me. Maybe mm. that's my guess, but um, you know, so through my childhood years, I was really quiet like that. And I remember people like asking like, "Why are you so quiet?" Even like going into high school or middle middle school, why are you so quiet? And that was always something I would always try to answer, but I could never like have a good answer for that. There's never so, a good um, answer for that, you know. I still don't. I still don't know because <laughs> I want to help. I want to help people out there that are in that situation, and I still don't know like, what do you say in that situation? There's questions. There's questions all the time on like Reddit. It's like, what do you say when people say you're being real quiet? And it still is just like, it's the most awkward question anyone could ask you. Like, what do they want you to say, you know? Well, because I would always say I have nothing to say. But then that's like, yeah. kind of that the person that, depending who you're talking to, could be like, oh, I'm not interesting and take it defensively. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, it's very hard. So, um, but that's like, that's like how I grew up in that aspect. And then I always say I had a, this other side of me. And the other side of me was like, I wanted to go like into the unknown. Like when I went to the beach and I always use this example. I would look for crabs. I would pull up the crab. I'd like hold it out and go running over to everyone, acting like it's a diamond or the holy grail. Um, you know, on this is another example is um, I would I would find grasshoppers. This is in elementary school, so this isn't like in high school. <laughs> I would find grasshoppers and I'd bring them into show and tell. And I always thought like, oh, look at look at guys, look at what I found. Like, have you found these? And like, always trying to lead people to like new areas that are kind of weird or kind of unknown. So I always had that ingrained in me. And then um, 
so that was basically my childhood and then like going into like middle school um i had like an entrepreneurial spirit in me i we couldn't have gum and I in middle school so i came up with this business i called the uh young diesel's biz my name's dana silvestri so i don't know young diesel's biz and it was on myspace page like it and i would sell i would sell packs of gum to uh people so like i would take orders at school have them comment on my myspace page and i would go to the store and just like going into the school and keep them in a binder i would haul out the binder keep it all in <laughs> and i'd sell it to people um also at 13 years old i could buy cigars down the street i don't know oh, why wow. I, I literally had a, I had a baby going on in boston still have, <laughs> so i would i would have like a group of people be like because they knew i could buy that they're like hey i'll give you 20 dollars you can buy this you know this 10 dollar pack you can keep the rest and i was like okay <laughs> i didn't even smoke the cigars at this point yeah so i did that um so i always had that spirit in me and um that kind of delved over to high school as well as I would go to Craigslist and I love flipping stuff. I would flip TVs and stuff like that. But I kept bothering my dad, like, hey, can I take your truck? Or I couldn't even drive, actually. I would just have him pick it up. And I started to feel bad because I didn't, I didn't even have my license. So I just kind of flipped the whole TV that you can go away. But um, even going through high sc- uh, middle school and uh, high school and stuff, I, for some reason, I always was kind of had like a self-esteem issue. Um, mm. I don't know why, like, I always felt like people were judging me and maybe it was because I was judging them, but I, I loved sports and my parents put me into sports to really like get to know people. And, um, even like football, baseball, I remember being at that bat and, you know, people in the stands, I would just think about them constantly. Or I'd think about, I was, you know, I was playing, um, tight end and I would think about who's watching mm-hmm. and then I, that would let, that would lead to my performance lacking. And. I thought that like I only knew this, but my dad told me like a couple of years ago. I was like Dana, like I could tell that you weren't focused, and and I ended up like giving up baseball and stuff. I mean, it, I wasn't, I was passionate about it, but I think that's the main reason why I just let that go is because I was like I don't want myself in that situation anymore. So that whole these experiences, and I also had another one was I had a speech impediment growing up, and I was in these extra help classes until um, sophomore year of high school. And this led to me like thinking in my head, like, oh, like, you know, I'm not smart. I'm stupid anyway. So like, why even like, why try to do extra in school? If, if I'm in these classes, everyone sees me as this person. So I kind of started to identify as like, you know, just a stupid person, like you do someone that does pranks and stuff, which is funny, whatever. But um, it wasn't true. And it wasn't true until like 16 years old. I, I placed out of those classes and I started to take on like a different personality and stuff like that. But all these experiences um also i i lost a couple of my um my aunts and uncles to cancer and i started working out which helped me get self-esteem and helped me get confidence to do all this um i think like in the calls i, I mentioned i ended up uh, losing someone in a car accident later but all these experience started to get me to ask questions like you know why am i here uh, why do people act this way why do i act this way how limitless are we like certain questions that like at my age i didn't really a lot of people kind of avoid because of all these experiences that that I experienced. So then the next whole step of this is I didn't have a path. I didn't have any clarity. I just, you know, I had my parents and my society saying like, you go to college, you get a career. And that's what you do for 40 years. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know what else to do. So I'll do that. So I went to school, um, the end of high middle school. I mean, the middle of high school, end of high school, I, I, I also started partying on the weekend, which is like normal for people in my area, like every, in Wakefield. It was pretty bad. Everyone was just like getting trashed on the weekends. Um, it was pretty. So you went, to, you went to college in your hometown? No, we started in high school. We started like partying, and then I oh, went to college. Okay, um, I went to I went to college at uh, Bridgewater State for a year and continued like the partying there, which is pretty normal. I mean, I feel like a lot of college yeah. people do that. 
but you know i started getting like in trouble and like just being you know loss of judgment and, and i got like in trouble a couple times and i ended up transferring schools um met a new group of friends and you know i just fill up finished up college got my degree in uh business and then i started my job mm. and this is when like this was like a big time in my life because i was like wow like i'm done with college i'm gonna be an adult uh this is like basically what my whole journey has been about so i got to my job and you know six months in i was working 60 hours a week um I wasn't liking it at all, but I figured, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. They kept telling me that. They kept telling me that, that a year and a half went by, nothing changed. So something changed in me, though. So I started to be like, okay, what do I really want? This isn't me. Like, why am I even bothering this? And I started thinking about like my friend who passed away in that accident, and being like, okay, if I look, if I go like Alex says, if I look at 85 years old, what, am I going to be happy staying at this job? And the answer is no, right away. Like, why am I here? So. You know, I started, that's when I invested in like the Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi coaching program. Um, I started reading books, listening to podcasts, uh, getting ebooks, all that stuff. Like listening to Impact Theory with Tom B. Lou, um, Bobby Marcus. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Uh, Tony Robbins stuff, Dean Graziosi. I started my whole um, Instagram account and everything was all like partying stuff. It all started to be like self-improvement, business, marketing, sales, um, spirituality stuff. I did all that. Um, I learned all of that. And then I started to brand myself through this, through the coaching program and just being around like-minded people. And then this brings us to now, um, I got my second job because I left that first job and I got, I, uh, ended up getting in, on a zoom call with my manager and she said, unfortunately, all the projects have been shut down and you're no longer needed here. But at this point, like I've been branding myself and working on myself for almost a year now. So I was like really excited about this. You know what I mean? Because at this point I was like, I was prepared for this. Like I was, this was my plan anyways. So yeah. that's what happened back um, in March. And then I started doing my stuff full time. And then now um, I'm at the point where I met all you guys. I met you. I'm happy about that. Um, I launched my one-on-one coaching, my two mastermind programs. And I'm doing like uh, weekly, I do like four videos a week and two posts. So six total posts a week. No matter what, it doesn't matter what it is. And I have like a couple of people that help me on my social media as well. So it's been, <laughs> that took a while, yeah. to get out, but it's been, it's been, uh, it's been quite Whew, the journey. It was a journey. You, you definitely, you could definitely see the self, the self searching. Cause when you ask some people about their childhood, they're like, yeah, you know, the high school was kind of shy, but you're like, this impacted me, this impacted me. And I, I like the story um, about your friend. Well, I don't like the story, but your friend with the, who died in the car crash, I had a friend. My freshman year of college, he was a good friend from high school, and he he got murdered by his best friend. And it what? was one of those moments where you were just like, he was one of the great, you know, greatest guys I knew. And it was just like, okay, first of all, life's short. You don't know who you can trust. You don't know what's going to happen. Even your people you trust the most could turn on you and do something like that. So it was just moments like that. You look back and you're like, oh, my God, I got to make the... I got to do it while I'm here, you know, it's my one time. So would that, would you say that that was like a, a idea like that was kind of your, your catapult, kind of your catalyst? Yeah, that was definitely one of them. It's weird because I had experiences with like, first off, um, that person passing away in that accident when I was 21. And then my aunt and uncle uh, passing away from cancer, which, which at the time I didn't know that's when I really started to work out and be healthy. But now that I've been studying like how the brain works and how subconscious works and just like how we operate now, looking back, I'm able to like kind of piece things together and be like, Oh, that happened the same year that those two people passed away. They both passed away in 10 months. So now I'm like, Oh, that must've been like, kind of like you said, something that kind of 
opened my eyes to life and whatnot. So a lot of people, um, I'm speaking for me and you, we had experiences that help us get that different perspective on life, you know, that overall picture of why we're here and we have to get what we're done here. And the whole beauty of life is that we're only here for a certain amount of time when other people maybe didn't have that yet. And maybe they will in the future. And they're not at that point of, um, you know, delving deep into like the meaning of life or what your purpose is. But I think a lot of people have that innately in them, but they just haven't had that experience yet. Um, or they just haven't tied the right meaning to it. Cause you could, True. you or myself, that could have happened. And we could have seen it as like the most, I mean, it wasn't good, but we could have seen it as like the most horrible thing. And been like, okay, there's no point of living for us as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we did, I mean, we learned to tie a different meaning to that and look at the whole overview. And I was sitting on a podcast right now because you want to impact people. I want to impact people. So it's all about the meaning. It's all about the meaning. What do you think you're, uh, so you talked about how you had trouble with what other people thought. When do you think that started going away? Was it when you went into self-help or was it, was there a time before? Hmm. That was a big thing. But then I started like working out that helped me physically just be like, have more confidence Mm -hmm. and just like be, uh, I guess more social. I was always social, but I mean, I just didn't want to talk for some reason. And I think that was because of the speech impediment when I was younger that tied into that. But um, the main point for the main time for that, honestly, it was, I was just like delving into like, like just selfishly thinking about myself in a sense, like of like, what would first off, I got to work on myself first to make myself, my inner self at the right point before I can help anyone, or I have to get the certain skill now so that I can teach it to this person. So it was more, a lot of people, I still hear it from some people that I'm close to, like, oh, like, you know, you never come out anymore, or or even sometimes my parents, like, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to read so much, you don't have to work so much, but the reason I'm doing all this is because my big vision is, like, impacting millions of people. If I if I skip out, I, I mean, on on learning something, maybe then I can't impact that that person that I could have helped or the, the 100,000 people that I could have helped. So I think I think the big jump was really just getting rid of the drinking every weekend. I'm fine with I'm I'm not against drinking like you know overall. Mm-hmm. I was just in a cycle of working and then drinking, working and drinking with a lot of people. A lot of people are in, and gotcha. and I didn't know until I left that 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 wasn't right. So it was me just getting out of that like circle and that cycle of that, and then putting in like different and finding the right mentors and coaches to get that material into my brain, and that's when like everything just switched. Mm-hmm. So it gotcha. definitely, I mean, it definitely, it definitely wasn't like one day I woke up and I was like, oh, like <laughs> I'm a new guy. It was, it, it's, a, it's a process of over five years and yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and everything, everything that every struggle we go through and all everything, every part of the story, I believe happens for a reason and there's lessons behind it all. So if we mm-hmm. tie in the lessons, it becomes wisdom. So that's huge. Mm-hmm. When did you feel like you needed to share your story? Cause you became a co- you became a coach. Some people they have amazing stories, but they don't share it until they're in their sixties. So, what made you decide to share it so early on? I actually didn't want to at first. Um, you know, I thought you know that would make me look not as credible, or that would make me look not as valuable, or that would you know put me in bad light. Being like, oh, you know, I used to drink all the time to this, or you know, I I thought I was stupid. But then I realized I was like. I think it was because of the, the coaches I have and stuff. They were like, just be authentic, be yourself, be truthful, and the right people will come to you. Because in the end of the day, I could sit here and lie a bunch of, I could lie on this podcast all day to you, 
and yeah. maybe a couple of people will follow me or, but in the end of the day, it's going to come back to hurt me. And it's not the people Absolutely. that I'm supposed to attract. So I'm going to hurt my business. I'm going to hurt, not even my business. I'm going to hurt my friendship with that person. And that person is going to find out later. So it's just, I'm a big, I, I, I'm a big believer in like the karma of that, of like just being a truthful self and, and it will come back to hurt you in any sense. So I try to do the best thing in every situation. Mm-hmm. No, I feel that. Yeah. You talk about it, kind of talking about integrity where if you have bad integrity, it's going to come out to bite you. Everything's available now. They're going to find it, you know? So you definitely and just wanna... for my And just for myself, like after like, I consider myself a pretty spiritual person. It's just like, it's not even in me to do that. Like mm-hmm. me getting, you know, me getting more money out of someone isn't worth like me knowing I took someone's money without giving them something equivalent or more in value. If that makes yeah. sense. No, absolutely. Like, Cause if, if, if I'm, if I'm doing a program that costs, you know, $300 and I'm giving you a thousand dollars worth of value, then you're going to go tell your friends, they're going to come back to me. And then like the whole, you know, the whole world's going to grow. Like mm-hmm. if I just give you a, if you pay a thousand dollars and the program's worth $20, like you're just going to be like, okay, like <laughs> you took yeah. my money. I learned nothing. I'm telling nothing. And now nothing, you know, no one's going to advance basically. Gotcha. So did, uh, I mean, we're jumping, jumping back completely, but did like 10 year old Dana have a sort of job that they wanted when they grew up? When I was a kid, I wanted to be one of two things, Power Ranger. And then my backup was a game show host. What was your first one? I'm sorry. A Power Ranger. Okay. I wanted to be the Red Power Ranger. I was dead yeah. set on it. And then second was going to be a game show host. Did, did little 10 year old Dana have uh, something he was ready to be like he was, he was all for? I did. I did. Um, it's probably not in good light anymore because of what's going on. But I wanted to be a police officer. Oh um, no! <laughs> <laughs> but back then, that was you know I saw it as like I would watch cops and I'd be like, wow, this guy's like saving the day and stuff. Because the truth is, I wanted to be a hero, someone that impacted yeah. someone in a good way, someone that you know someone saw and looked forward and looked up to. Um, unfortunately, right now during these times, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of kids are going to have that same vision. And I don't want to get into that right now, but um, yeah, uh, for sure. A cool story. A cool story that I share is um, a vivid memory I have is I was at my uh, um, babysitter's house, or just like this what was it like a nursery that had like twenty other kids there, and someone told me a story that like, oh, if you go dial, and I think I was about must have been like eight years old or six years old, six or eight years old. They're like, oh, if you go dial these numbers on the phone all the police officers will come and all their cars, you get to see them, you get to meet all of them. So they went in there and told me to dial 911. And I didn't care. I was like, I didn't know that you get in trouble for this. I was like, okay, people, people do this to meet them. So I went, I went into the bedroom and I dialed, oh, do you hear me? I went to the oh, yeah, bedroom yeah. and I dialed, I dialed uh, 911. And then as you thought, they all showed up, all the cops, a couple of shops showed up, ambulance and stuff. And then I got scolded. And I think I ended up getting like kicked out of that nursery. But, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, what was, was your face was like though? Home. I want to know your face like, oh, they came, they came. They all came for me. I I think it was <laughs> I think I thought it was good. Yeah. But then, like the reaction I was getting from people was like I was doing something wrong. So I, no, I don't what's think wrong, I was everybody. Too happy. This is great. Yeah. These are yeah. heroes. What are you guys doing? They're all they're all here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that That's was fantastic. that was a funny story. But yeah, I, I wanted to be just someone that um just could help people and be like in a hero in someone's eyes. It didn't matter if it's one person, a hundred people mm-hmm. or a million people. So I think that's like where this whole, where I'm at right now, mm-hmm. um, 20 years later, yeah. is really building. And then what I'm building onto, cause it feels right um, with me and, you know, I enjoy it. 
it doesn't really feel like work. So I think I definitely it's definitely a good thing. That's great. Who's the hero in your eyes? Who? Yeah. Do you have a hero that you consider a hero in uh, in your eyes? Yeah. Well, my father I would consider one, and then um, just because he's gave me my he's gave me my whole foundation of like who I am, and then I grew out of that. Mm. Um, and then um, I love Tony Robbins. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of people. A lot of people think like they know his name, but they don't know enough about him. You know what I mean? Mm. Like if you delve into his work, um, you know, his books and stuff like that, like he's really is a good hearted person and he's he has a, a lot of value. Yeah. And like a lot of people think like, Oh, like he's this guru that um, tricks people, but those are the same people that like, I don't want to be around. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So he's yeah. been like, he's like, I know a lot of people say that, but he out of all the people I've came across. I would say he's definitely like number one role model that uh i look towards and another thing about him is if he doesn't have the experience in in whatever area he finds people to interview grabs that from them and then like Mm -hmm. writes a book about it like he wrote a book i think it's like money master the game or something like that when he interviewed a number of the best financial people in the world put that into a book and it became a bestseller so he's a great thinker as well um i also like uh tom b on impact theory um not as unfortunate, not as much as Tony in the hero sense, but I love him as a role model, Tom, and just like what he's about, his story and how he interviews people. I think it's uh, it's just the whole thing's awesome. So what's your opinion on the hustle culture since we're talking about people like Tom? Because I know you said uh, your parents are like, oh, we don't see you much. You're always working, which kind of gave me an idea of like how Gary Vee was when he was in his 20s. So yeah. is that is that kind of a philosophy for you? Right now, I'm stuck in the middle. So we have like Gary B and Grant Cardone that believe in, you know, working 12 hours a day for mm-hmm. a set man, a certain amount of actually forever, basically, and that's that's what you get. And then we, I get coached by like uh, the coaches in Bob, uh, Bob Proctor program, who all they talk about is being creative over competitive. Yeah. So then that's that's left me thinking. Okay, so if I'm being creative, then how can I? like compete because i've been an athlete my whole life as well so it's very hard to grasp so i i don't know i believe that just getting enough done for the day that you need to get done like the two major things that you need to do on that day is enough mm-hmm. but um i don't know who i am to speak because i always try to suck out more out of the day i try to suck out every hour like i'll i'll do this for 12 hours or 14 hours or until someone like drags me away but i mean that's that's a good thing that i'm in that state because i mm-hmm. trust me when i was at my corporate job after 30 minutes, I wanted to go home. So yeah, that's absolutely. the difference. But um, no, I think I think to be successful in that sense and hustle, you do have to put in more work than the average person because there is a 95% and there's a 5%. But you can find strategies like Tim Ferriss uses to you know do more with less time. So you have to be mm-hmm. smart about it. So um, basically, don't you don't have to do busy work. Like I could be doing social media for you know eight hours a day for for four years and just building up my social and not working on my business. But in reality, like someone else could hire someone to do my social media or do their social media, save that time and then focus on their business and go way past. So I believe you gotta, you gotta do important tasks every single day and you gotta be smart about it. Um, but you don't have to hustle, you know, 15 hours a day, but you do mm-hmm. have to work hard. Yeah. I think a lot of people need to hear that because I know I struggle with that too, where <laughs> there was a time where I tried to get up at like 5 a.m. And then sometimes I'll get up and be like, oh man, you know, Tom Billy has been up for two hours. You know, ET the hip hop preacher has been up for two hours, like already grinding. It's like, I'm late, I'm late to the game. 
But then ET himself, he says sometimes, he says, you know, you could wake up at 3 a.m. like me, but you got to know what you're going to do when you wake up. You can't just wake up and expect it all to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's there's like two sides to it. You just got to know what you need to do and what you got to finish. And like you said, do two things a day. So how do you keep consistent? Yeah, um, before I answer that, I want to go back to your 5 a.m. story. Yeah. Um, so I was waking up at 4.45 for... I want to say two years or a year and a half. Oh, wow. And I thought, I thought, and I like, I like made sure I got up, I, no matter what. And I thought like, you know, waking up early would mean that I would get more work done in a day, which would mean I would be in my path in a, in a quicker fashion. Mm-hmm. And okay, that, that sounds right. But the, the truth was I found way too much coffee to stay awake. You know, my, my brain, yeah, my brain wasn't yeah. working. I was lacking sleep. I was getting like maybe five hours a night sometimes sometimes five and a half six but and then, so i found out that by lacking that sleep that my productivity was truly not increasing it was going down mm-hmm. and i thought like just because i was sleeping less i could put another two hours into my into my work but it's not the truth and then like right here i got an aura ring and this this like basically tracks your sleep um your heart oh, nice. your steps um your rem sleep your deep sleep your light sleep so I started looking at that and I was REM sleep is rapid eye movement. And mm-hmm. that's when you're basically I'm gonna get a little scientific there. <laughs> it's when your memories get integrated, get integrated into your brain. It's during the REM cycle. And if I was going to bed at 10, that happens after 5 a.m. So I was missing that whole cycle of learning basically what I taught myself the previous day. So when I switched, I pushed my sleep cycle back an hour. Then I found out that I was getting like maybe another half hour of REM sleep and I felt better overall. I felt, I felt better just waking up and like being myself. So I, I, I moved my schedule back to six. So mm-hmm. just going off of what you said, that's what I just wanted to say that it's not always you have to wake up earlier. It's what works for you, what works for your schedule. Just make sure you're not slacking in the sense of, of you know, using, using that excuse to actually be lazy. But if you have a vision and you have a goal, you're not going to, you'll find a way to get up. Mm-hmm. Um, your next question was consistency, you said? Yeah. How do I remain it on a, on a daily basis? Yeah, I mean, you could even talk about how you stayed consistent getting up at 4.45 every day. I mean, that's impressive yeah. in itself. Yeah, so, um, well, now it's now it's uh, 5.50 or 6, which is still pretty early. <laughs> but, yeah. but basically, I, uh, I have an e-book, actually, a free e-book, if anyone's interested. But I have a whole, a whole morning routine to start with. Mm-hmm. And the morning routine, it dives into... Um, some some form of mindfulness, which could be a meditation, it could be breathing. Uh, Joe Dispenza, um, he has awesome meditations. I would read the books first because they can be very advanced. So I use a lot of Joe Dispenza's meditations. Uh, that's Dr. Joe Dispenza. You can go on YouTube, look up meditations. At first, I thought meditation was for monks. I I refused to do it, mm-hmm. and I got this headset. It's called like a Muse headset. You really wear it, and it's an EEG, and it measures your brain waves. Yeah, I've seen so those. I. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I, I started to use that for a little bit. I think that's like 150 bucks. It's, other people probably wouldn't pay it, but I wanted it. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I started to do that. And then that, just starting, just getting the process of getting up and doing that, led to like finding Joe Dispeggio, which led to um, doing his meditations. And his whole meditations is focused on neuroplasticity, rewiring your brain and all that fun stuff. So I was seeing results from that. And like, like if I would be meditating, my body would be tingling and all this crazy stuff. So I became basically. I'm trying to say I, be, I became addicted to the process of meditating, mm-hmm. and also I did like breathing. You can look up uh, the Wim Hof method. I did some of that, or you can just do basic breathing stuff. So I would do that first, 
Um, I would do exercise as well, because when you're exercising, you're releasing uh, serotonin, which is a long, long-term feel-good chemical. You're releasing endorphins. That's a natural painkiller. So you know, when people say, uh, get high in your own supply, when you work out, you get high in your own supply, basically. So you become addicted to that over time. So um, sunlight, there's a lot of little things you can do. I would do the meditation, uh, workout, sunlight, and then I would do a cold shower. And that would be like, what would I do in the morning? And I would journal and plan my day and do a gratitude list. And this whole process takes probably two and a half hours, but that would set me up and put me in the right state of mind for my whole day. And it sounds like a lot now, but if you take small steps to get there, you basically start like looking forward to it. So now if I miss like one of those things in my routine or whatever, I literally like sit there like, oh, I feel like I'm a little off because I know what it's like to be in that position. So to stay consistent in that sense, I would develop like some sort of routine or habits that you do on a daily basis. And um, I would just go use that throughout the day. But I think, I think everything starts with your morning. Love that. So um, in that dream document that we all filled out, uh, yesterday and today, uh, you said your dream is to share information to educate others on aspects and how to improve the quality of their life, live the best version of them in the moment, um, and you want to show them how to be great at something, live a purpose, passion, joy, and produce results. So, what does that what does that look like? Is that books? So that's, speaking. No, uh, that's a basically it's live program. So, um, mm. like right now, um, I have it's called the Momentum Mastermind Program. And basically, it's like what I referenced earlier in the beginning. It's a full day virtual event. And eventually, it's supposed to be in person. I just, you know, with the pandemic and stuff, it's, I don't know when that's going to happen. I yeah. hope by the end of the year. But that's going to take me, take, take other people through the journey that I went through myself. So I lacked, you know, a why. I lacked a mission. I lacked purpose. And I didn't even know, like, how to set a goal, basically. I was just going through the day, like, in that cycle, like I said. So what this does is it takes people and it gets them through that process. And it also combines the tools from Dean and Tony and uh, Bob that they taught me. I put those into those as well as the accountability tools that I use. So you go into um, exercises for goals. Um, you break it up into like a year, four years, five years, all the way to 20 years. Um, you do certain visualization exercises. I teach you about that as well. I show you one. Um, also, you do like... Basically, I break it up into three segments, and each segment has uh, breakthroughs that you take home. So, so after the first, you have a break, and then you have like a tool that helps you with like, what did you get out of the first afternoon? And then you mm-hmm. go into other things like how to save time and money, like how what do you have in your life in front of you that you can eliminate, um, get rid of completely, or what can you change? It gives you some clarity on that as well. And then a uh, big thing for me, um, as I told you, like I had a speech impediment and whatnot, so. I had to find what was holding me back to get to like where I am right now, even though I'm not fully at my vision, obviously. And it was um, my, my fear of public speaking. So it's going to show you how to find out that one thing that's holding you back and the steps that you have to take to get through that thing. And a lot of people don't even know what that one thing is. It could be subconscious. Um, I know a lot about the mind, the brain, the subconscious, so I can help. I'm, I'm a unique in that sense that I can help you like really dig deep to get to the core instead of, you know, just going, you, know, you have to do this habit. I want to know like why you're thinking this way. It really gets that core with you. That's what I do with a lot of people. So it's going to jump into all that. It's going to jump into my morning routine that, that I briefly described with you, exactly like all the benefits of that as well. So it's going to basically give everyone this base to come out of here with their own goals, not other people's goals, because that was a huge issue with me too. I was setting my parents. I was setting society goals, my, friend goal, my friend's goals. So it's going, to, it's going to, have to put you in a state of mind if you... Of your own vision to set all of that 
And if you're if you're setting your own goals and and you have no I call it programming, you have no programming or conditioning attached to that, you're gonna you're gonna wake up every single morning like going after it. And once you have that belief and faith, and I give you the tools that um, Dean, Bob, and Tony, and myself develop, I have accountability tools and trackers as well, like a bunch of stuff. And um, that's going to have you waking up in the morning, do that morning routine, having you stay focused, having you surrounding yourself with the right people, having you like watching the right people, and that you're going to be basically kind of fall in love with what you're doing every single day. And I believe that's why we're all here is to get that point. And it's sad that a lot of people end up, you know, being 50, 60 years old, and they still haven't even done like, like if they just took what I'm trying to teach them now, if they did that when they were younger, they would be happy. But, you know, everyone's searching for a failing and, and they, some of them don't want to do the work. So, I mean, if you're a growth minded person and you want to do the work, um, this, this thing's for you. So that's one thing I have there is just like the platform of all those tools and everything that I use. And then the other one, um, another thing that I lacked was the support and guidance to overcome my obstacles or just like a community to talk to when I was um, a couple of years ago. And that's great that we have like a third door for right now, but I lacked like all this a couple of years ago. So I have these weekly Zoom video calls and basically I'm going to lead this through the, have you read, uh, have you read the book, um, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill? Yeah. Great yeah. One. I like a lot of people, a lot of people read that. That's, that's my, that's my book that started off everything. Like that was my baseline foundation. So it's going to go through the principles um, from that book, as well as the ones that Bob Bob's coaching taught me. And I'm going to leave these calls. I'm going to get like a group of two to 12 people. We're going to do one hour a week. So four times a month, maybe five, if we have like an extra call. And we're just going to you know, go through a certain routine of and structure of this program. Everyone's going to talk about their experiences and their issues that they're having that week. And then each person's going to give you feedback. What can you do? Like, like if you're having problems with, Say you have to give a, a speech about a certain topic and you don't know what video to show or you don't know what to talk about to start it, then you're mm-hmm. gonna have all 10 people be like, okay, I've done this, or I know this person that that knows how to do this, or I have this video that I've used personally, or hey, hop on a call with me after. And this opens when you use this group think, like the mastermind um, principles, it opens this whole different vision of what you're working on and the obstacle, and then everyone's aligned with your goal. And it, it's I've been using it for six months now, this principle. Um, these calls and they've changed every they changed my approach to everything I take because it's not just you. You have to you, everyone needs help. Mm-hmm. I was at a point too when I I, I honestly hate people helping me. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm like the type of guy. I'm like I'm like I want to do it myself and like what do they know. But I've got past that and I'm I'm listening to these people and a lot of the people are older than me. They have more experience in this in different areas. So it really it helps you really just you know drive through your obstacles. Absolutely, masterminds are great. I was part of one for a long time and you just get that like you said they have a range of people different backgrounds different ages it's really really helpful all right dana well we've we've gone on for a while here it's gone really fast um so you know our friend Keyshawn. we love Keyshawn. he has a tool that he learned from this thing called exchange and it's called the greatest gift so i wanted to tell you uh, so the greatest gift you gave today was just sharing your passion. You could just feel when you speak how much you want to help people and feeling that drive, I think really inspires. It's definitely inspired me. You know, I want to go out and I want to wake up at five, five thirty now and <laughs> get back to it. But I definitely think with, with that drive and that passion, a lot of people are impacted for sure. Yeah, man. It's, I mean, it's all about, so you like, you can, you can watch a video or you can listen to me. But if you don't have the tools and everything, and then you get those tools and that knowledge, and then you have to apply it. So 
mm. it all starts with that foundation of having those goals. And I know you have um, some big goals, having that foundation, having a burning desire behind it, and then having the faith. And I lay like, I have the faith that it's already mine, like in the sense of like, it's just waiting for me to go get it. Absolutely. So that's what I that's what I drive myself on. But the biggest thing is just having a why, like the reason why you get up in the morning, and that can change. That's like another sense to know word for your purpose. Um, but you can have multiple of them. But if you don't know this information, I can I, mean, I can help people. There's a lot of people out there that can help you, or you can just start following just on social media the right people like we do. Like follow Tom Bieler, follow Tony Robbins. Um, mm-hmm. You know, any of these people are going to help you. It's not going to hurt you. It may feel like you know, you're changing your perspective. It may be a little painful <laughs> mentally, but I yeah. promise it's going to help you out in the long run. And, and that's why we're all here is to find, you know, that gift, gift to people. And, and that's what I want to help people do, honestly. Love that. All right, man. Thanks so much. You can find out more about Dana at his website, The Dana Silvestri, or on Instagram and Facebook at The Dana Silvestri. If you like this, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find us. And the greatest gift you gave me today is your time, attention, and open mind. Keep ascending.